Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee, Cookies, and Crime. I am Abby. And this is Emily. So this is the first episode of our true crime podcast where we're going to be talking about the Hinterkaifeck murders. And wait, hold on. Say that again, honey. I don't know how to say it. I think it's Hinterkaifeck. Hinterkaifeck. So it all takes place in Germany. Okay. And even with taking three years of German, I don't know how to pronounce anything. Okay. So Hinterkaifeck murders. Okay. But before we get to that, Emily... What coffee are you drinking today? Oh, only instant coffee. Only, only instant coffee. Any yeah. cream? Sugar? Oh, yes, for sure. Cream. For sure. Just cream. No sugar. But hey, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta survive. It. <laughs> right? We gotta survive. How about you? I'm also, you made me a coffee. <laughs> yes, so I did. Make you you know more about what's in it than me, but I do have a coffee related story. I did go to a Starbucks this morning to pick up. Um, a drink for my sister before her thing and I was like I'll get myself myself something too and I had a $10 gift card so I didn't get what I normally get because what I normally get was like like over the gift oh, card okay, amount yeah, right yeah, yeah. so I got like the matcha green tea iced latte thing Ooh, girl okay because I know that a lot of people like it I know it's a strong yeah, opinion yeah. about a weak thing it's either you love it or you hate it I hate it I, yeah. I think I took three sips it's it's so bad. Yeah. It's so, it I tastes am. like a leaf. <laughs> Which is what it is. Yeah, but I mean, the color is really pretty. It's $5 on it. My goodness. I know. So You should have made your mom pay for it, honestly. Well, it was a gift card, oh, so yeah, yeah. I wasn't so. really paying for it. Okay. Okay, well, you have kept me in suspense for like a week and a half I, on this I story, have. So and let's I'm get into it. I'm really, really proud of it, actually, because... I mean, you even made notes. Like, you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I make notes? FYI, I have a newfound respect for all podcasters, oh, yeah. not just true crime ones, but especially true crime ones, because it is so hard just to research and to, like, make sure everything is right and stuff. Okay, yeah. so if the timeline doesn't make sense... I will catch you on it. You will catch me I on it. You. Okay. Because you spent a lot of work on it. I did. I, I did. I read a whole book, y'all. A whole freaking book. Okay. So our sources for our case today are from medium.com and the book Footsteps in the Attic, a true account of the slangs at Hinterkaifeck Farmstead by Edward Schindler, yeah. which was published in 2016. So I feel like that's pretty recent. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not super recent, but like. That's a good resource. Our crime case begins on a farmstead called Hinterkaifeck in Germany, right after World War One. The family who lived here was Andreas Gruber, who was 63, his wife, Cecilia Gruber, who was 72, their daughter, Victoria Gabriel, who was 35 years old, and her two kids, Cecilia, who was seven, and Joseph being two. Does that all make sense? Okay, so Andreas and Cecilia were the grandparents. The grandparents. Their daughter, and Victoria. Their daughter, Victoria. And then her her son and daughter lived in... So they're all three They're living, all... Living in yes, the same so it's like okay. five people living in the same house. Okay. But actually, it's six people because they had a maid. Okay. Named Maria, who was 44 years old. 
The farmstead was kind of in the middle of nowhere, other than other farmstead owner neighbors. Technically, the closest town was Groben, which was about a mile away, but it was filled with small farms and cottages. The closest town that supplied your needs was a little over a 30-minute walk. There was a church in school there where Victoria sang in the church choir and Zazalia went to school. Okay. Okay. But we need to go back in time a little bit. So what I just talked about was in 1922. So basically 100 years ago. 100 years ago. Oh, yeah. So, but we need to go back in time to understand the full story. So we're going to go back to 1849 when the grandmother, Zazalia, was born. Okay? Okay. Victoria's mother was born. She married Joseph Azim. Wait, hold on. So she married, so this was her first husband. So Andreas was Yes, sorry. So she had multiple husbands. Okay. They got married in 877. And so the farmhouse was like an inheritance on Joseph's side. So like it was like his family's thing. And they ended up having four kids together. However, two died in infancy. And Martin was their third child, which actually got killed in the trenches in 1916. So, yes. This left Zazalia as the last remaining child of Cecilia's first marriage. So there's Zazalia, the the grandmother, and then she had a daughter named Zazalia mm-hmm. after her, and then she had a granddaughter named Cecilia or Zazalia. I well, don't know how wait, to say it. On. Right now we're talking about the very first one. The very the first grandmother one. of Cecilia Zazalia had a daughter named Zazalia. Correct. Yes, that's correct. What we're talking about. Okay. Okay. But then in 1885, Joseph passed away. I don't know how. Nobody said how. So I hope he's okay. So Cecilia quickly found a new husband. In 1886, Zazalia and Andreas Gruber got married. Mm-hmm. Just a year later, Victoria was born. So this is her second marriage, and they have three daughters together. But Victoria is the only name I could find because the other two died soon after, but not as soon as you would think. So, like, I'm guessing this is not researched guess is that they lasted for maybe 10 years because it said that Victoria was the only one to survive to adulthood. Well, what about the child of her first marriage? Does it talk anything about It does her? not. We don't so know if she- I'm guessing that they moved out. Martin and Zazalia, I'm guessing, didn't live with them. But I'm not sure. But it doesn't say anything about them later. It's just okay, like, hey, she had Martin, some kids. Because Martin died. Well, and- we're talking about 18. Oh, so later. Okay. Martin dies later. So they probably just grew up and left the household when yes. she got married. But I just mentioned that he dies there because we're not going to mention him again. Um, It was said that Victoria was an incredible singer, which brought her to the church choir. Now it's going to get sad, and you're going to get mad. Okay. When neighbors passed Hinter Kaifek, they would often hear the sound of children crying in the basement. People noticed that the children of the house, this was when Victoria's sisters were still alive, were underweight and malnourished. When her sisters passed away, the rumor was that it was because of the neglect from their parents and that they had starved to death. Wow. So, we don't... Andreas and Zazalia... Not great parents. No. Okay. So do we know? But you said you didn't really know any information about the other two. No. Because I wonder why. Like why they favored Victoria over the other. Well, two. I think that she was just able to survive. I don't think it was oh. necessarily favoring, but oh. she was the oldest. So at the age of sixteen, Victoria began experiencing another type of abuse. In nineteen thirty, so this is after the events of the case. I'm just referencing a quote. Okay. 
1930, Lawrence Schlittenbar told the police. So this is like after the murders happened. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so this he, wasn't in. So this is just like evidence for what's happening right now. Like he's talking about the past. Okay. Okay. So Lawrence Schlittenbauer, and remember that name, that will be important later, said it was also well known that the old Gruber, referencing Andreas, often had sexual intercourse with his daughter. She told me herself how her father started to have sexual relations with her from a young age of 16 and also told my first wife how she was unable to stand the sight of her father because he was always forcing himself upon her. So that's really sad. Because especially because you know that he probably did it to his other daughters too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Victoria was all left alone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just rough. Now we time skip to 1914. So I did the math. And in 1914, Victoria should be 27 years old. And it does not mention it stopping in. Unfortunately, it actually says that the abuse continued. So that's been 11 years or something. She's been under this abuse, which is horrible. And she's still living in the house. She still lives in the house. On March 4th, 1914, Victoria and Carl Gabriel got married. At this time, Victoria was 27 and Carl was 26. However, it was not a great marriage. (laughs) Carl Manley married Victoria to please his parents so that the farm would eventually be in the Gabriel name. In fact, the day of the wedding, Carl went home wanting to stay, (laughs) only to be sent back by his parents. So he tried to go home and then his parents were like, no, 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 turn around. I thought that was so funny. That's kind of rough, really. It is. Especially <laughs> imagine after, like, you just got married. You're, like, having, like, a little, like, a dinner. Everyone's leaving you. You just dance. And then you're like, where's your husband? They're like, oh, yeah, he just went back to his parents' house. Yeah, like- yeah. Carl had also complained to his friends that his father-in-law was a bully and constantly dominated him. Okay, but, so- like, I kind of understand Carl, though. Because if they're, already- if they're living in the same house with her abusive father... It would father, be rough. It would right? be, you know? Like, I'm not holding it against Carl. I'm sure Andreas was bad to him. Yeah, Andreas sure was- sounds like... Especially because if he had been sexually abusing his daughter for years he doesn't like he's want... just not a good person no he doesn't want another man in there too so carl saw the chance to escape his marriage when europe got involved in world war one in august of 1914 he took the chance and never returned in december it was said that he was missing in action and that he probably died during the battle erodus zazalia victoria's mom <laughs> responded to this by saying well, here at last is the divorce she has always wanted. <laughs> so how long were they married? He like that- less than less than a year. Like okay. they got married in March and then that's August. So like a few months. Do we know, did he move into her house? Or I he- believe so. In January of 1915. So a year later. But really oh, just because- a month since he had been presumed dead. Oh, okay. Okay, because okay, it was August 1914. In January of 1915, Victoria gave birth to a little girl named Cecilia after her grandmother. Andreas was made the legal guardian. The maid had walked in on him and his daughter one day, so they were both arrested in May of 1915. So one day the maid walks in to them, Victoria and Andreas, and so she reports it to the police and they both get arrested. So Andreas was sentenced to one year and Victoria was sentenced to one month in prison. Well, Wait, so the daughter, Cecilia, mm-hmm. Victoria's daughter, was she the the husband's daughter or Andreas's daughter? We don't know. Okay. It's unknown. I think it's assumed that it's Andreas's. 
Okay. But we don't know. Anyway, so in 1916, Andreas was released from prison. Victoria seemed to be more assertive, and she had tried to have a relationship with Lorenz, who was the unofficial mayor of Groban. Since he was married, he said no. But 18 weeks after his wife's death, Lorenz and Victoria began an affair. Lorenz proposed to Victoria, and Victoria said yes. Even so, Lorenz was concerned about the dark side of the family. Remember, he's the one that later told the police that he was aware of the sexual abuse Victoria faced from her father. In 1931, he said, So I went at once to the old Gruber and made him the proposal that I was going to marry his daughter. He agreed, as was Victoria. I then told him that I had to make one condition, and it was that he had to stop having sexual intercourse with his daughter. He must repent of his sins and help me to lead his daughter along the right path. I also told him that I was a good Christian and that God does not like that kind of stuff. <laughs> he said, we will see. So oh, I that's not promising. Yeah. But I just like, and he does not like that kind of stuff. Oh, to, to, to put it lightly, like, yeah. Sheesh. When Lorenz was waiting for an answer from Andreas. Victoria, to marry Victoria. To marry right? Victoria. Okay. Victoria became pregnant. Lawrence Ooh. freaked out and denied being the father. Remember, he said he was a good Christian, you know, good. while accusing Andreas of being the father. Lorenz was confronted in his field as Andreas's family wanted money because he was the father. Like, you're the father. You know. However, an argument broke out and it ended with Andreas chasing Lorenz with his scythe. Now, if you don't know what a scythe is, it's, it's uh, used to cut grain and cut down, like, grass and grain and stuff in it. Yeah, and it, it's like the Grim Reaper, like not the Grim Reaper, yeah, but it's kind of like that. What it is. It's like a long kind of front right. tool. Okay, so it's not a surprise that the marriage was no longer an option for them. It was forbidden by Andreas. In July of 1919, Victoria gave birth to Joseph. So she has two children now. Okay. And Lorenz went to the police in September of 1919, complaining that Andreas was the father of Joseph. As a result, Andreas was arrested for two weeks before Lorenz withdrew his statement. Because oh. their farms were right next to each other. Picture a farmhouse and then a big field and stuff, and then another field okay. and then a farmhouse. So they're neighbors in a sense. Like, they're still a far away away, but, like, they're the closest you're going to get okay. in this type of rural areas. Kresna's Riger, the former maid, said... One day, in the spring of 1921, I came into the barn seeking the assistance of old Gruber in the changing of a water barrel. When I came into the barn, I met Gruber in the straw lying in sexual intercourse with his daughter, Victoria. I know for certain that I was seen by Victoria. This is because afterwards she told me that if she had uh, known that I was coming into the barn, she would not have surrendered herself to her father. On another occasion, I heard Andreas tell his daughter that she did not need to get married because as long as he lived, he would be there for her. I took this to mean he would always satisfy his daughter in sexual ways, That's which so is disgusting. disgusting. I feel so bad for Victoria. I know. Because she's just... lived in that her entire life. Right? I know. On March 25th of 1922, one of Cazelia's classmates, Sophie Folks. Wait, which one? Oh, sorry. Okay, so now we're time skipping to this. This is where the time skips get shorter and shorter. So everything's going to happen within like a week of this. Okay. This is where the chunk of it happens. So this is Victoria's daughter. This is Victoria's daughter's classmate. Okay. 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 
So one of Cazelia's classmates, Sophie Folks, was with her mother on the way back from Weidenhofen. That's like another town nearby. That's where like the church was and the school was okay. and stuff. Okay. They saw Victoria on the road sobbing. She was shaking and frightened about something and continued to confess that she had to get away to run away. They eventually convinced her to face her fears and go back home, even though it was well known what her home life was like. It's hard because I don't really know if they had the power to change anything or to do anything to help her, but still, you know yeah. what I mean? It also is possible that, like, they feared Andreas's wrath in Germany in March. It's still, there's snow on the ground, okay? Mm -hmm. It is cold. They but didn't it, uh, want her in in the night outside tried. to freeze to death, but then they didn't want to take her in because yeah. he would, like, do... Like, he tried someone with a Skype, like... Yeah, that's a good point. They could be know. protecting her by saying to do that because right. they probably knew that if she ended up did going away and Andreas found her, then it would... He would hurt her. In the past few days, Victoria had confided in her friends that she saw a strange man in an army coat standing oh. on the edge of the woods, watching the farmstead, only to disappear into the trees when approached. Andreas got up early on March 30th, and he found something peculiar. He found a newspaper, a Munich edition, in the barn. I'm pretty sure Munich is straight south of where they are, okay? But it's a, it's a good distance It's away. a good distance. So modern day, it would take about an hour to drive from the farm to Munich. It's peculiar because, you know, they had a postman and stuff. They had, like, a, you know, mm -hmm. a mail delivery guy. But like, apparently no one in the family had ever read or ordered this particular newspaper. They asked the postman later and he denied delivering it. Along with this, a couple other strange things happened in that surrounding couple of days, which I'll list here. Okay. A couple of days before this, a set of keys goes missing. And now it's not easy like it is today to get a new set of keys and go to Lowe's and just set yeah, it yeah. up. You know, they probably had two or three sets of keys, maybe even just two. Okay. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's a big deal if they go missing. Then a lock on the shed had been broken, but nothing was taken. Now this shed would have contained a ton of tools. So, you know, their pickaxes and basically really expensive things that they need for their farm. Yeah, right. Yeah. But nothing was taken. So why was the lock broken? Mm-hmm. And then this is the most peculiar thing is that two sets of footprints had led out from the woods and came right up to the house, but there were no returning footsteps. Remember, it's snow, so you mm -hmm. can see footsteps clearly. In other words, somebody is in the house right now. Then Andrea saw Lorenz as they were neighbors, and he told him about these things. Lorenz was really concerned and actually offered Andreas a, a rifle, like a gun, to protect himself. And Andreas was like, nah, fam. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and Lorenz pressed further, urging him to call the police. But Andreas just shrugged it off. He's like, it's fine. I'll be fine. Okay, here's the thing, though. Why would he tell uh, Lorenzo if he I think is Lorenzo's his only friend? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's that if your only friend is the guy you chased off with yeah. this guy. <laughs> well, I think it might be also <laughs> like maybe warn his maybe warn his neighbor, like, hey, all these weird things happened. Like, I don't want to do anything about it. I think I'm fine, but like just for you. Okay. Maybe something like that. Okay. Anyway, that evening Andreas returned to his barn. And a cow had escaped its pen and was running freely around the barn. Now, apparently, this isn't an unusual thing to happen. It's not every day, but it's like someone just forgot to lock it up or whatever. Yeah. But it still creeped around with all the other things happening. During the night, 
Andreas and most likely his family heard footsteps in the attic above. On March 31st, Andreas searched the house. That was the next day. The next morning, he found nothing except in the attic, he found straw strewn about the room. So laid everywhere as if someone was trying to pad their footsteps and like make them quieter. So at this point, basically, he thinks that someone is in the house. Someone's been living in their house. And so Andreas and Victoria went to town and spoke to the owner of a hardware store and mentioned the strange events that had been happening. Victoria mentioned how there were strange nocturnal noises. This was the last time that either of them were seen alive. Okay, here's the thing. I feel like all of the puzzle pieces are fitting together. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, the keys stolen, the lock broken. Someone was scouting, you know uh-huh. what I mean? And they've been staying up there to come down and murder right. them. They were the last seen alive at the hardware store. So, do you remember the former maid who, in 1921, she talked about how she found Andreas and Victoria. Oh, and, like, in the barn together. In the barn together. So, that was their original maid. And the former maid had left the house six months prior to this. So in late 1921, okay? Mm-hmm. And she left because she feared that the house was haunted after hearing footsteps and voices in the attic at night. Okay. So my guess is that because she was a maid, she would get up early and stay up later. Mm-hmm. And so and she was closer to where the barn was, mm-hmm. which is probably in the attic where the hay was, which if there was a person up there, she would probably hear it more than like the rest of the family because the rest yeah. of the family is like on the other side of the house. Okay. So I found that interesting. So they had six months without any sort of maid. Okay? okay. And this is tragic to me. On this day, on March 31st, the same day that Andreas and Victoria go to town and they were never seen again, the new maid arrives, Maria. She arrived with her sister, Francisca. They had to walk like 10 miles to the farm, which is a far way. Now, Maria was unmarried, she had no children, and was actually registered with a disability. One of her feet was, like, shorter than the other. Oh, Basically, okay. I don't know why they said foot, but, like, one of her legs like, was shorter. Okay. And then it was later said from her siblings that she was slightly mentally limited, and maybe that she had a mild learning disorder or autism. So okay. I just thought that was interesting. Anyway, so now we're moving on in the timeline. So on April 1st, Cazilia was missing from school. This was unusual as she usually was at school, but they didn't think much of it. There was no calling system. And okay, I like this part a lot, okay? Okay. Because <laughs> I thought this was so cute. At noon, Hans and Edward Schwanski, which were brothers, came to fulfill an order for Victoria for coffee. She <laughs> ordered coffee, okay? Good for, now, good for her. In my mind, I want to picture them like DoorDash people. And like, <laughs> they got like her iced mocha frappuccino <laughs> or something. In reality, it was probably just the coffee grounds. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? It makes me like Victoria that much more that she just was like, I just need caffeine, y'all. Just give me a break. <laughs> that's so sad that that's how she was discovered. Because they probably discovered her body, right? No, actually. Oh. Just Wait and see. So Hans, one of the brothers, said, On April 4th, 1922, between 12 and 2 o'clock, my brother and I made a joint business trip to the family at Hinterkaifeck in order to fulfill an order on coffee. We knocked repeatedly on the windows of the estate and gave loud shouts. We heard nothing. We then went around uh, the house and also looked through the windows in the kitchen and stables, but could not perceive of any person. 
Only the dog and cattle were sounding. All doors were locked, except for the gate at the front, which was open. So, like, the gate to, like, their area. Right. Oh, okay, okay. okay. The farm was very remote and a long way from the next residence, and we did not see anything suspicious. However, on the same day, as we were walking towards Hinterkaifeck... So, like, their house, right? Yes. Okay. We encountered three people on the road. We saw two women, both between ages 50 to 60 years old, with gypsy-like appearances. There was a third man in their company who was not of the same appearance. Now, okay, like the next maybe five minutes or whatever is just instances of basically people saying it was fine. I'm going to read all of them. So that evening, Michael Carpenter was passing Hinterkaifeck on his way home. He noted that there was smoke coming from the chimney and the farm was quiet. So this meant, now I didn't, I was like, the farm was quiet, whatever. But apparently this means that the animals were fed because otherwise the animals would be making noise. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I thought that and was interesting. And there was smoke coming out And there was smoke too. coming okay. out of it. But he said that the smoke smelled of burned rags. So I don't know how he knows what burned rags Rick smell like, like, but whatever. Then he saw a figure in the courtyard who flashed a light in his eyes. So he went home as soon as possible he booked it home and i did not blame him and that wasn't suspicious i think he assumed it was like andreas and it just spooked him yeah because andreas is weird awful okay so uh, then on sunday april 2nd the family did not go to church a neighbor michael powell was close by and noticed how quiet it was he did not even hear the dog barking i'm just thinking i wonder if the cattle was all dead you know (laughs) well like maybe that's bad but like if you're talking about they're not barking there's Okay, sorry, continue. That was a tangent. The postman arrived on April 3rd to, like, give them their mail or whatever and saw that Joseph's stroller, so the two-year-old Victoria's child, okay, Mm -hmm. was not in the kitchen as he was used to seeing the child rocking himself back and forth. The postman did notice how the kitchen door was ajar and therefore assumed that the family was inside somewhere. So he saw that the kitchen door was open and he was like, eh, okay, you're fine. I'll give you your post. Now, this is so interesting to me. On April 4th, Albert Hoffner was coming to fix a diesel engine. He noticed that the dog was barking, but the house was all locked up with no smoke coming from the chimney. He knocked on the door and waited. During this time, he noticed a man in the fields, and he assumed that the man in the fields was like a family member or someone in the family. Okay. And he would come and, quote-unquote, attend to him soon. He waited for the man to come back, but then he just lost sight of him. I don't know what. He was picking his nails or something. So he just said, screw it, and worked on the engine anyway. It took him about four and a half hours. So, like, a Apparently, where I don't know where this engine was, but it was not locked up. And so he did not, he had all the tools with him. He knew what was wrong. So he was just like, eh, I'll just do it. So, like, he didn't need someone to come and tell him what was wrong. So he just went and started working on it. Yes. And it took him about four and a half hours. And so once he was done, he looked again for anyone. He was just like, y'all. I don't know if he got paid, like, previously, but Mm -hmm. I would be like, y'all, I need my paycheck. Once he was done, he reassessed. He was like, okay, let's look around. So he looked in the windows, and everything else was the same as it was. It was locked, except the barn door was open, and the dog was outside and tethered to a pole. Basically, you know, you let your dogs outside. It's on a leash. Yeah, attached to something. It was like that, but the dog was inside before. So there was a person that let the dog out. Okay, yeah. and open the barn door. And open the barn door. And I'm assuming that he knew the family before because he said that the dog was acting out of character and had a terrible temper. 
was being aggressive, basically. Okay. And he says, I did not go into the barn. I thought to myself, there was nothing to look for inside, for I well could see that nothing was moving within the barn after it was wide open. He goes to the Schlittenbauer residence, which is where Lorenz lives. Lorenz is okay, so his neighbor. And this is where it gets confusing. So, Lorenz's daughters are named Victoria and Maria, <laughs> which, if you don't remember, Victoria has the father, Andreas, and Maria is the maid. So, I'm just going to call them V and M, okay? Okay, Lorenzo's daughters. Lorenzo's daughters, or V and M. And talk to the farmer about the strangeness, and he said not to worry too much. Anyway, so, 3.30 that afternoon. So, April 4th, 3.30. Lorenz Slittenbauer returns... And his daughters are like, yo, the dog was wild. <laughs> because the diesel man told the daughters. So the daughters were just right. relaying the message yes. to their dad. Like, hey, yo, this is what happened. Yes. Okay. Please go check it out. Go <laughs> check it out. Anyway, Lorenz told Joanne and his son, Joseph. Why is everyone <laughs> So the J brothers, Joanne and Joseph. Wait, these are Lorenz's? These are Lorenz's kids, too. Okay. So... Lorenz had Joanne, who was his 16-year-old son, and Joseph was his 9-year-old stepson. He said, just go over, go over to the farm, go over to the Hinter Kaipek farm and see, and see what's going on there. Okay, so he sent his son. He sent his son to just check it out. And so they knocked loudly and checked the windows, but they didn't see anyone. They came back to their father and Lorenz was worried. So he found two of his neighbors. Michael Powell and Joseph Sigel, the five of them, so Lorenz's two sons and these two neighbors, came to the farm. The first thing that they noticed was that a cow had broken loose from its stall and was walking around the barn. Because the barn door was already open. Right. Yeah. Powell, Sigel, and Lorenz, mm -hmm. so the three adult men, are like, you guys should stay outside of the farm. Right. We're not going to know what we find. Okay. And so they go in. It's a good dad move right there. So they were wandering around the main area of the barn. Then they looked at the floor. This is a quote from the book. So, Powell and Sigel staggered out of the barn in horror, their faces white. Only Lorenz remained, his flashlights affixed on the scene of the butchery in front of him. His face was grave, yet he managed to remain calm without crying out. The straw was stained with blood. Four bodies lay sprawled out on the floor. The top halves, each partially covered with straw. Lorenz walks in and he finds four bodies. So Powell and Sigel, like, they can't, they can't be in there. Lorenz, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know if tampering with this crime scene was a thing known. You can't do that back then. But he took one of the feet and it was on its stomach from, oh, the, okay. And so he turns the body over. It's Andreas. Okay, okay. With a deep gash in his head. And then he turned over another body, revealing the young Kazalia. So the daughter. So the daughter, the seven-year-old kid. Oh. Okay. And her head had also been cleaved open. Some of her hair was in her own hands. So it's presuming that she, she pulled, pulled her head out. out. Initially, police believe that they all died like within minutes, but it's believed that she survived for like three hours after. Oh, wow. And she initially just died from shock. And that's why she was like, pulling her hair out because she's seven years old. Like, yeah, that's rough. And if her head was cleaved open, she probably had blood loss. So at this point, Singal goes back into the barn and says, Lawrence, Lawrence. Stop tampering with the evidence. So, so again, I don't know if it's like, 
common knowledge that you can't tamper with the evidence. But he was probably just freaked out, like, what the hell are you doing? You know what I mean? So he goes into the kitchen through the bar door, okay, and it was unlocked. The cattle were making a fuss. Lorenz is like, hey, Sigal, feed the cows because they're making too much noise. Lorenz goes back to the house and he finds the previously missing set of keys. So remember the missing set of keys Mm -hmm. in the door in the lock to open the house. Okay. The one thing on his mind, according to him, is his supposed son, Joseph. So remember the two-year-old boy. So that's what's on his mind is he's trying to find the two-year-old boy because he found four older bodies. Maybe that's why he turned over Kazalia because he wants to know. Because even though he hasn't really been the father, he's still right. It could have been his child. And this is probably the saddest part. He and the two men hurried into the bedroom that the children shared with their mother. And Joseph was dead in his cot. His head caved in with such force that the blood had spattered out onto the floor. And the ceiling of the cot was ripped apart. This is a quote from the book. As though the murder instrument had been delivered and withdrawn quickly, not caring about the fabric. His body was partially covered in one of his mother's dresses. So was only Joseph's body in the bedroom, not Victoria or Cecilia's? Correct. Okay. So remember there's six people living on this farm so they found five bodies so far okay they went back to the kitchen and on the side room they see the legs just sticking out of the side room that the maid is in right they go in and they see that her legs are covered by a checkered blanket she was murdered in the same way and this breaks my heart so it was the maid it was the maid that was murdered just yes right on her bed was an unopened suitcase she didn't even get to unpack Mm. before she was murdered that broke my heart i was like that is so sad lorenz told them to go to the police but lorenz stayed at the farm so suspicion is growing a lot around lorenz okay so michael and joseph or powell and sigil Thought it was weird how he had no reaction to the crime scene. They said that he had no reaction and acted very comfortably around the bodies like he had been there before. Okay. The others alerted Mayor Gregor and they called the police. The police chief in Munich dispatched six officers to go to the crime scene, including a photographer and two dog handlers. And then I don't think you're going to believe this next part because this next part, it was, okay, this was only found in the book. And I was, my mind was absolutely flabbergasted. So this is a quote from the book. Remember, Munich is a long ways away. They would not arrive until midnight. And by that time they got there, there were onlookers. Lorenz took charge of the scene as more and more people showed up, leading onlookers on a tour of the property to view the bodies in both the barn and inside the house. Oh. He, he freaking made a tour. So that's disrupting all evidence. I know. People are walking everywhere. That makes him look real suspicious. Like, he, like in DNA isn't a thing, but to make it more disrupted, you know? Yeah, but it's, it's still, yeah. So when one person was like, hey, yo... You probably shouldn't be leading tours. Yeah. Uh, he just was like, well, there's nothing that can be done. And I'm like, well, what? Well, okay. And so all the police stayed at Mayor Gregor's house to sleep because 
you know, even though they had flashlights, they wouldn't be able to deeply investigate the poverty until the morning. Basically, the police from Munich arrived at the mayor's house and they didn't, they stayed the night there and didn't go investigate the house until the morning. Correct. At 5.30 a.m., they finally went to the crime scene. Lorenz was there to greet them. Of course he was, because Lorenz is just everywhere. Ryan Gruber, which was the detective, first inspected the bodies and said that he believed once somebody died, the bodies were not repositioned, just covered in hay. They searched the barn, leaving the bodies until judicial commission came that evening. In the barn, there was a pickaxe lying on the feeding trough of the stable. There was no blood on the pickaxe, but detectives thought that it might have been licked clean by the cattle. Uh, so, okay. It was also noted that the cattle had been milked in the last 24 hours. So this is a long quote, but this is basically our friend Ryan Gruber's like report on what he think happened. We heard from the witnesses, Lorenz, Powell, and Sigal, the following information. Upon their arrival in the stable, a cow had been unchained. Perhaps one of the household had been lured into the stable, though this method resulting in their subsequent murders. Perhaps Victoria was surprised first and thrown aside. The others are likely to have come into the barn as a result of prolonged absence of the former. We think that Victoria must have died first. Mm-hmm. And then since the girl was closest to the door, but later, remember, they find that she didn't die immediately. So maybe she moved to the door for some reason. She or Andreas probably died last because they okay. were closest to the door. So they had their police dogs look through the surrounding area. The names of the dogs were Aurora and Flora. And I think that's, that's so really cute. That's good. Right? Remember, this is winter-ish, okay? Even though it's like April. So the night before had a lot of sleet and like freezing conditions. The dogs did the rest, okay? The dogs mm-hmm. did the rest. But, and especially because it had been multiple days. Right. So, but they did find one thing. They found... A half-hearted attempt at a grave, basically. Somebody started digging a hole in the ground, and then it was as if they got too tired or it got too cold, and they just gave up and put some hay on it and said, oh, we're done. So they did find something. Okay? Interesting. Now, one of the initial theories of the case was that this was a robbery gone wrong, but nothing seems to have been stolen. Nothing except... In Victoria's room, the only thing that was, like, ransacked was Victoria and her kid's room, where, like, the blankets were kind of messy, but then there was an empty purse on the bed, okay? Okay. But, so, if you think, oh, they they want to steal money or something, no, 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 there was cash, there was coins, there was valuables, there was jewelry all around the house, okay? They had so many valuables, and none of them were taken. So, just the stuff in the purse. They searched the attic, and there were depressions in the hay as if someone had been lying down on it. There was also a rope hanging from the trap door. So the attic kind of goes across the whole house. So there was a trap door in the attic on above the barn. Okay. Okay. That was already built there. But now there was a rope on it. So someone could like go down. Oh. So I think the trap door was initially like they kept hay in there and then they just dropped it down. Oh, okay. But like now there's a rope here so someone could just get down easily. And they could go out so no right. see them if they're so no one can see them. Okay. They also found that the tiles of the roof in the attic were loose so that someone could push it off and then see if someone's coming or leaving from the farm. I thought that was interesting. Now, in the kitchen, there were small blood stains, but no footprints or anything to suggest that someone had been attacked inside the house besides Maria and Joseph. The drops of blood stains in the kitchen, it was likely from the 
weapon. Like it was okay. 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 And now, so they probably went from the barn into the house, murdered the maid, then murdered the child. Right. The door to the barn from the kitchen was a very narrow door. So only one person would be able to fit through it at a time. Okay. So that would result in basically trapping someone in there, in the barn. Okay. Like luring someone in. Okay. And, you know, killing them. And then listen to this. Okay. At 3 p.m., the police officers left the farm, and guess what? They spent nine hours at the crime scene and said, that's good enough, and left it to the Judicial Commission and went back to Munich and never came back again. Victoria and her mother were both fully clothed, telling the investigators that they were the first to die. Because since they were fully clothed, it was about bedtime. They didn't have time to get into their pajamas and stuff. Andreas was only dressed in underpants and a shirt and Kazilia was only in a chemisole. Chemisole. So like they were quote unquote risen from their beds. So what they think is Victoria and her mother went out to the barn or were lured out to the barn, right? Fully dressed. And then later Gruber and the seven year old daughter was like, Where'd they go? And then they went to kind of check on them and then that's when right. they got attacked. Kind of. So they think that, like, they lured all the people out and killed them one by one, basically. Okay. And then killed the maid and then lastly killed Joseph. Okay. okay. But here's the thing. You would have to know that jo- Joseph existed to kill him, right? Yeah, because he didn't come out. Right. On the morning of April 6th, Dr. Joanne and the legal assistant carried out autopsies in the barn. And they later found that it was done with a pickaxe. I found this interesting because strangulation is a lot more personal. Okay. And the only one that had sides of strangulation was Victoria. Okay. To me, okay, this is not said anywhere, but to me means that like she had a personal connection with them. Okay. See, all of this, well, in my personal opinion, is pointing to Lorenz doing it because if she was the one that had strangulation, and she, well, also, it could be because Victoria was the first one that was killed, right? It could be that he wanted to kill her. That is true. You know what I mean? She was, she was like one of the first to die. So if she was the first, maybe he thought that would be faster. She had nine head wounds where she had been attacked with a blunt object. Oh, the blunt end of the pickaxe, possibly. So nine blows to the head. So she was strangled and then nine blows. To the right. Head. And her skull of the right side of her face was smashed in. Older Kazalia was attacked with seven blows to the head one cracked her skull and another bruised around her right eye so andreas was killed with the pointed end of the pickaxe his face was shredded on the right side exposing his cheekbones and there was blood all over his face so he was he was he was dead so young kazelia her jaw was smashed and the blow from the pickaxe scything down to puncture her neck leaving a gaping wound her skull had also been attacked with several blows. This was not enough to kill her. But she had pulled out chunks of her hair and would have died from shock and blood oh, loss wow. in the next two to three hours. That's a horrible way to die. I know. Especially when your whole family is dead around you. Right. Yes. Like, so Maria, her skull was penetrated four centimeters in by heavy pointed implement. Mm-hmm. And she sustained several blows to the head. And her face was encrusted with blood. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Joseph was killed by a single hard blow to the face, and they said that it's possible that it was a pickaxe, but it was likely a different farming tool, like a hoe or something smaller. But only one blow. But only one blow. When everyone else had multiple... Yeah. Well, I feel bad for the Joseph. Because, like, at first I was kind of like, well, if he only had one blow, it could have been personal. And if Lorenz did it, you know what I mean? Like, what did he want to do? Like, yeah. grisly murder his own child. But at the same time, it's like, he was a small child. He was a two-year-old, you know? It wouldn't have taken a lot to kill him, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe he only needed one blow to do it. Yeah. But another thing is, I wish there was more, like, I know it was a long time ago, but, like, I want to know if all of this was overkill, too. Because I feel like with a lot of these... Like, one of them, Victoria had, like, nine wounds, you know, nine blows to the head or something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know which one was the killing blow. Did she die from strangulation that's and then, true. like, she died and then nine blows to the head? You yeah. know what I mean? Because I feel like that's definitely overkill. I have a lot of theories on this okay. case that we'll talk about after, like, the theories that... But I found this so interesting. Okay, so on April 8th, there was a reward posted for 100,000 marks. And... The same day, they found the footprints that were near the woods. I'm pretty sure they're the same footprints that, maybe not the exact same, but they found footprints, like, in the woods. And they uh-huh. plastered them. And I was like, whoa, they know something about something. Uh-huh. But they were never identified. Oh, okay. And the bodies were left in the barn for a little while. So, listen to this. All six of the heads of the victims, okay? So, all six heads were removed by a court physician, and they were sent to Munich for further investigation by a clairvoyant. So they, what does that mean? So from my research, it's like basically a psychic. So they got psychics involved in the end. Mm -hmm. So a clairvoyant, from what I can tell, if you have like the head of something, it can sense your energy. I looked it up right here, so I'll read it real quick. A clairvoyant is a person who seems to have a supernatural ability to perceive events in the future or beyond sensory contact. So I don't understand why they needed specifically the heads, but they chopped all the heads, heads off. Well, like, at first I don't understand. It seemed like they all had blows to the heads. You know right. I mean, like, most of them all had gashes and stuff. But, so, like, so it wasn't for, like, further examination on the wounds. It was for... Well, well it I mean, was, it, it kind like, of was. Interesting. Okay. Ball bodies were buried without their heads. Okay. And their heads were lost during the Second World War and no records of information they found are here with us today. So we don't know if they found anything. We don't know where these heads are. Wow. That's really Isn't that crazy. Well, how how long ago was it? Like how long were the heads in custody? You know what I mean? Because World War Two wasn't I didn't know if it was like two years later they were Well, it's before they were buried. You know, they had to take off the head. Well, yeah, but when were the heads lost? You know what I mean? I feel like it's really not that important, but it's just interesting. So in 2007, it was reopened as a cold case, and they made conclusions on the most likely suspect, but that has not been revealed to the public. Okay. So we're going to talk about the most likely theories. We're going to talk about Lorenz first, okay? Okay. So, because he seems like he would be prime suspect number one. So he knew, like, the layout of the homestead. Mm-hmm. In, like, the location of things like the animal's food. He was believed to be the father of Victoria. Yeah. So he had, like, re- maybe not, I don't know if he had reason, but. I feel like he 
did because first of all, Andrea, it's him with a sky. And another thing you talked about earlier, how like one of his daughters died or something right. like that, right? Before, and that can be a trigger. Yeah. And he kind of just snapped because like he already thought he lost a child and then right. Joseph was his child. But like, I feel like he probably resented Victoria right. at least a little well, bit for staying for her father. You know, well, I mean, I don't think well, it's her choice. I, yeah. but you know, in his mind, he probably thought like that. So right. he, I feel like he had motive. I know. I Yeah, I think he had motive, too. So he is, like, the most popular theory, and it's mm. later been debunked, debunked oh. in quotes, that he had not been seen around the farm in the days that he was there, but not a lot of people were by the farm, and that yeah. his wife said that he didn't leave. But, but, but it's his wife. So, and, like, that's not a reliable source. Okay, and so... And that's another thing. They're so isolated. He easily could have, you know what I mean? Another reason why they didn't think Lorenz could have been the person was because he was asthmatic in that, like, he had asthma. Oh, okay. Okay? In that it was like he wouldn't be physically capable of murdering six people. Like, even with the adrenaline rush, he would not be able to, like, swing that pickaxe that many times. Here's the thing, though. Wasn't there a time period between each of the murders? That, like, they didn't happen, like, all right at the same time. There was yeah. probably a good 10, 20-minute period in between them. So, they died on the evening of March 31st, probably between the hours of 19.30 and 21.30. So, that's in army time. So, 7.30 to 9.30. So, you're right that it is a two-hour period. Just because I feel like Andreas has the history. Like, you know what I mean? But still, he, because again, that would take a lot of stamina to do. Exactly. They were all like brutal pickaxe stabbing murders. You know what I mean? Like, especially all the things like the missing keys and stuff like like that. that. Mm -hmm. Like, he could have definitely gone by and like done that and gotten the layout and known things. Like, I feel like it would have been easy, especially like if someone was living in the barn. He would have known, like, when they were out, when Andreas was going to go out and feed the cattle and do that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like, it would make sense. And then also, do you remember the one person, I think his name was Michael, but he was, like, a neighbor. And he saw the smoke coming out of the chimney. Oh, yeah. And he smelled, like, burning rags or something. We don't yeah. get an answer to the burning rags. But it was said that he saw someone. Well, later, after Lorenz is under investigation, he says it's Lorenz. In the field. In the field. Now, you know, the human memory is a funny thing. And once you put a face to something. So I don't think that's definable evidence. No, because I... Especially if everyone else is already kind of hinting like, oh, it's probably Lorenz. He probably was just like, oh, yeah, I don't... You know what I mean? Again, I don't think you can really trust that like you said. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that would be... That's interesting to know what he was burning you know what i mean i know well if he doesn't know where the wood is maybe he was just burning racks to make smoke you know or burning clothes maybe there was clothes with blood on them or something i don't know so a lot of people are biased as he is the killer he died in 1941 the entire community basically accepted that he was the killer but it was never proven he never admitted guilt so Mm. we don't really know okay our next Option is Charles Gabriel, which I know you're saying, who is that? Well, uh, let me tell you who it is, because in every other article, including this book that I read, this is the first time Charles has come up. 
So Carl Gabriel, who married Victoria and died. Oh, the MIA. Apparently his real name is Charles. Okay. We, we just found out. Okay. Okay. The MIA guy. So it was theorized that maybe he was the one that killed her, but we didn't really know like the reason why he would want to kill the whole family. Like why he would come Right. And you know, that's kind of supported by like the guy in the army uniform theory, like like when she saw him, but like we don't know yeah because i feel like again he would have no real reason to come back exactly years later that was debunked because like close friends had actually seen him die so it's like it's it's undeniable that he died he was in the army but like it didn't seem like he had a real emotional connection with victoria you know what i mean i don't Mm -hmm. think he would really be that like i need to come back and kill on her behalf exactly like if anything he wanted to wait for family he didn't want to have to go back and deal with them yes martin azam you might remember him you may not kazalia's son okay like the one that died in war it's another war theory that he didn't actually die and that he resented his family maybe there was like some drama there Again, we really don't think it's him. I don't know. I'm still on the Lauren. I feel like he is the only real possible. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll talk about my ideas on Lawrence. Now, this was a quite popular theory until it was debunked. But the theory was that Andreas killed his entire family and then committed suicide. Okay. But then it was later found that the injuries that he sustained were impossible to self-inflict. So I thought that was an interesting theory because, again, Victoria is, like, the person that he, you know, abused so much. And maybe one day she had been like, I have enough dad. Like, sorry, but yeah, not sorry. Like, and then he got really mad at her. And then, you know, they know their father. Like, I don't know. I think it makes sense except for the fact that he, like, okay. But then Lorenz could have killed him. Okay, that's what I was <laughs> thinking because the man in the field could have been Andreas. You know what I mean? And Lorenzo gone by to like, because there could have been unfinished business that we don't talk about. Because if Lorenz came over and was like, oh my God, like, you know what I mean? Saw all the murders, killed Andreas. Then, you know what I mean? When he came back, I would understand why he was so familiar with the bodies and there wasn't a lot of shock. You know what I mean? Just because he had already seen the bodies and he had gone back to Andreas. But I feel like maybe Andreas did snap, but like, I don't know that's an interesting theory though yeah well okay so here's my thing is that i believe that someone was living in their house yes and lawrence was living at home mm-hmm. so it could be more than one person it could be a team thing but i'm wondering if we just like the person has never been found like we don't know like i i feel like lawrence had to be in on it though because he had that tour in the house that just stuck with me he was almost like showing up. With yeah, it's exactly. like here's the thing. It talks about like he was living in his house. The only people in his house were his family. You know what I mean? I think it would be very easy for him to tell like his wife, like you will not say a word, or I will kill you and your entire children. And even if his wife did say something, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't believe him. I'm sure his children and his wife didn't know, but I bet that he could have been like, "Hey guys, I'm going out to the farm." 
and yeah. yet have gone snuck into their barn and like watch them yeah. you know what i mean because i don't really know what the not etiquette well, of farm life yeah. is but like i feel like he could have been gone for long periods of time and his family just assume he's out in the field i agree but i don't understand the entire motive if he's living in there for six months or like half living in there because like the tiles like the tiles of the roots like it was just so intricate you know see i want to know if maybe he had wanted to like only kill one person but it ended up he had to kill the other people to get away like that's why he had the tiles he was waiting for a time when he could just kill like andreas or victoria or something like that because that would explain he killed them but she went back to kill joseph too that's you know what i mean and he knew joseph but again if someone was living in the attic for six months then they would know that joseph was there too now this is just this is very conspiracy theory the maid that was her first day Mm -hmm. right the first maid was on to him the first the former maid right Mm -hmm. parents or whatever Mm -hmm. said like I heard something in the attic. Can you go check? And then, oh, like, yeah. so multiple times. And then she just left. She was like, this is haunted. This is creepy. I don't want this. And then the new maid came in. And maybe the person started to panic that he can't live in the house anymore. Because there's another maid. And the other maid was onto him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. So he panicked because he was like, I need to get this over with now. So more people. Yes. I understand what you're talking Yes. That's what one of my thoughts were. I thought that was really interesting. And then remember the last day that they were seen alive, they went to the shopkeeper and they were mm-hmm. like, all this weird stuff is happening. And they specifically mentioned that the cow was not in the pen anymore or something like that. Oh, Okay. Okay. So this became very significant because years earlier, there were a gang of rural robbers named the Scamanders. But what they would do is they would deliberately release livestock from their pens as a means of luring their victims into the barn and then go and rob the house. So that's where the robbing theory kind of came through. But then there was nothing stolen. So that's another theory. But I feel like someone was living in that house. I was going to say a theory is lorenz could have done that to make it look like it was the robbers to kind of like set it up you know right what I mean? to like create suspicion like that because the thing is if it was robbers it's not like they didn't have time to steal things you right. know what i mean they definitely did because like Someone... the person would continue living in the house after they yeah. were dead because like there was a smoke in the chimney and there was you know the the cows, cows were being fed and melted and stuff and the dog, like, was put outside. My theory is that I feel like there was someone on the inside and the outside. Maybe Lawrence had a friend that was living inside the house. Because this was right after World War One, So people were poor, and so they would just live in people's attics without them knowing. And just, like, survive off of their food. And okay. kind of, you know, not harm them, but creepy. Yeah. You know? And so maybe that happened? I don't know. See, uh, uh, you know, there are these little inside and outside. If there was an inside source with what you would call it, I don't want to go back to Victoria. That would be so much easier if Lorenz could live in the attic and Victoria was on the inside, kind of helping him. You know, but then why was she strangled? Lorenz probably not tricked her, but I feel like it could have happened where he was like, "We can get you out. I'll kill your father." us and joseph can go live on our own kind of thing mm-hmm. and like he, she was helping him in the attic and he's like oh we'll do it at the right time i'll kill your father blah 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 but then he ended up because she was killed first right 
So he killed her, strangled her. It was like, you actually left me, you stayed with your father, and then killed everyone else. You know what I mean? Another mystery is, like, they don't know how the person, how they were lured exactly to the barn. The two detectives or whatever did this test where one was in the barn screaming their head off. The other one went into different areas of the house and he couldn't hear the screams at all. So it wasn't the screams that were drawing them like, oh, no, Victoria is dying. Let's go help her. You know, if Lorenz tricked her and was like, hey, tonight's the night when I'm going to kill your dad and then we can run away together. I'll take Cecilia and Joseph with us and we can all run away together. Right. You know what I mean? And like she met him in the barn. He like quick attacked, killed her, killed her first. We don't know because again, I feel like it's plausible that someone just wandered into the barn and was like, oh, I saw mom go this way. Where'd she go? Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what they were alluding to that. Like, oh, where's mom? Where's dad? Where'd and they, they just went. But at the same time, even if it didn't happen exactly like that like maybe the older mom went in through the other side like i feel like they didn't all necessarily have to go through that specific kitchen door because he already would have had the upper hand in surprise and andreas was probably the only one that he would have had to like manually get physical with you know what i mean what about this what if Victoria was helping Lorenz. He was kind of sleeping in their attic they were making these plans to run away together or whatever right then Andreas finds out and gets mad. Andreas kills everybody in the house, right? But Lorenz wasn't in the house when this happened, right? Right. So he comes to the farm and he sees Andreas had killed everyone because Andreas had strangled her. And that could be where all the aggression comes from, right? Like strangled her and nine blows to the head. He's like, you had been sleeping with this man behind my back. That's why Joseph was killed. Because I feel like Lorenz would not have killed his own son. I feel like after all of those things of abuse, she probably thought Lorenz was her one way out of that. And then he didn't. Well, and a few days before, like five days or whatever, six days, she was found crying on the side of the world. Like, I want to run away. I need to get away. It's becoming too much, basically. Are we, do we both agree that we think Lorenz was living in the attic? Or do we think it was someone else? I don't know. I feel like there's three options. Like, he or someone else faked living in the attic. And so they just did all this stuff you know, like put placed everything you had maybe like a couple nights he slept over there and made weird noises or i feel like someone was actually living in there and i feel like he didn't live in there because okay i feel like he's the only option because it wouldn't have just been some random person per se because if it was robbers or just some random person they wouldn't have stayed at the house afterwards and made sure the cows were fed and made sure the dog was out they would have stolen something you know what i mean i think that lawrence was involved i that tour that tour really got me just the fact that and that he was like unmoved by the bodies and like he had his sons go first right Mm. so his sons check out the room so he's not the first to discover something's weird right yeah and then he has four other witnesses come with him to the barn yeah, it has the two adult men. Somehow he knew to keep his boys outside of the bar. Mm. And he has motive. I feel like he's, he's the only motive. one. I mean, Andreas probably ruffled feathers with a lot of other people. But, like, none of the other theories really make sense in my And head. I feel like Victoria was the most brutal murderer. Yeah. And so if and it he, was against Andreas, then it would have been Andreas was the most brutal murderer. It also makes sense that Andreas could have murdered them all. And then Lorenzo could have killed him. 
Yeah. But again, somehow he had to be involved. Unfortunately, it's 100 years old, so it's never going to be solved. And that is our case. Thank you so much to listening to Coffee, Cookies, and Crime. Again, I am Abby and I'm Emily. And thank you so much for coming. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.